0: Oh, hello there. Welcome to Brokenomics. Much better studio this, isn't it? Much more to my taste. Yes, feels proper, doesn't it? Right, so Brokenomics episode, can't remember, but number one in the studio that I now really like, the library. So uh, let's get into it. Guys, it occurs to me that I've been, you know, taking these individual concepts, these individual ideas, and I've been doing episodes on them and I've been taking guests and um you know talking through a, a whole bunch of issues of them. But I've not really done a sort of summation, just just a, a download of my thought process, what I think's interesting, where my mind is focused at the moment, um, the stuff that I have been talking about, some of the stuff that I want to talk about, I just want to kind of bring it all together and give you a sense of of where my mind is at. Um and as much as anything, give you an opportunity to say. Um, you know, what you find particularly interesting in this sort of stream of consciousness that I'm going to give you um, an opportunity for you to say what kind of guests you'd like me to get on and which of these ideas you'd like to tease out a bit more. So let, let's just have a catch up, uh, uh, you know, a, a rundown of where I think we're at um, and and your feedback will be fantastic on this because it, it can help us shape where we go forward with with this stuff. So top themes that are on my mind at the moment that I think are interesting. Number one is gonna to have to go to AI. I think AI is gonna be truly transforma- transformational. It's, it's something that I've talked about on a number of occasions. I find that it's something that people often get really hung up on the question of, is it intelligent? Now, I've been thinking about you know how to, how, to, how to frame this. I think that it already is intelligent to a point um and i think the intelligence is going to continue to evolve quite quickly from where we are here um so yes i think it is intelligent but i think it's intelligent in a fundamentally different way to the way that that we would consider intelligence now the best example i can give of this is you know consider the bird how does a bird fly well not the same way that that humans fly the way that humans fly is we get a whole load of aluminium um, plastic um, we, we we put it into a shape we run uh, jet fuel through through an engine um, and and we are able to fly you know in a process which is just fundamentally different to the way that birds do it in fact i think even with modern technology we would we would really struggle to um for fly in the same way that a Same way that a bird does, simply through the motion of the wings. And actually, if you take it one step further and consider how does a bird fly, well, the way that it does it is remarkable because it it constructs its flying. Nature constructs its flying machine using only the most common elements available in the universe. You know, lots of um, you know, lots of carbon um, goes into it. um, You know, molecules uh, such as you know, um, oxygen and other you know uh, organic compounds. Um it is a flying machine that is able to repair itself um, if it if it encounters injuries. Um and it's able to it's able to reproduce. None of our flying machines are able to do those things. So, you know, we have achieved flight, but we've done it our own way. So when it comes to AI, I do not expect AI to think in the same way we do. We're gonna brute force it another way. We're just gonna take a, a huge amount of computer, a huge amount of data um started off with some um clever algorithms and we're going to run it through a neural net, and you know it's, it's it's going to start doing something we are going to brute force a version of intelligence but a version that is still going to be very effective because you know i can get to australia a lot faster than a bird can using using our flying techniques so it is going to be um it is going to be its own form of technology but so i don't get hung up on that whole question about is it is it um Is it intelligent or not because I I think it clearly is and I've spent enough time with it now to to know that it clearly is. But I'll tell you why it's so significant. The reason I think this is so significant is because all previous human technology has been based on uh, basically replacing um, labour so it is, um, you know. If you think about it, you know the, the digging machines, the moving machines, all of that stuff. But actually, even all of the other stuff that we think is a bit more clever, you know, the um, spreadsheets or or CAD or you know the calculating stuff, you know, all of that could be done um, with, you know, with with long form with a bit of work. You can you can write it all out. This is the first time that we've had technology which is not replacing human labour but human intelligence. In time, I think it will increasingly start to show signs of creativity and judgment as well. Now if you think about um, what we have been able to do with our our current suite of technology, we've been able to support a a population of 8 billion in this world with only a very small percentage of us being genuinely productive. And what do I mean by genuinely productive? For example, I don't actually mean me, Um, I don't mean um, hairdressers, estate agents—I don't mean you know all of the middlemen, all of that kind of stuff. Nothing, not, there's anything wrong with me or estate agents or hairdressers or any of those other people. Um, in terms of fundamentally productive thing, i am I, 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 talking about people who deal with, um, you know, the the necessary um, functional building blocks of life. So people who produce energy, people who produce agriculture. Um, you could probably extend that to logistics and, and, a, whole, and a whole bunch of other stuff. A relatively small proportion of our population are engaged in those kind of things and yet we're able to support this vast population around the world what's going to happen now is that we're going to have two axes of um, technology replacing um, human functionality so it's not just going to be the the labor output that we've already had it's also going to be the the thinking process that goes along with it so i'm expecting to see you know I'm describing it here as 2 axes. so effectively uh, I'm thinking that there's going to be something in the order of a a cubic increase in the um, productive output of the economy once this stuff starts to get really going. So I I think that AI, for for this reason, is is absolutely fundamental. I think I'm going to probably keep coming back to it as I talk through the other themes I wanted to talk about in this. Um, Some things to note, it will do jobs that we don't know um, that it will um be good at i'm not explaining this well okay let me explain so we have at the moment things that aren't quite ai but they are um, effectively quite clever algorithms and they are doing jobs um that humans can't do because of the the speed needed to do them so a simple example would be something like um uh, say a car advert on, on, on a search engine so let's say you you are an individual who is in the market for buying a new car and you've been shopping around and you've been spending a lot of time looking at, say, the, the Audi site. Um, you, maybe you've booked a test drive at your local Audi or something like that. When you go um, and do your next search on your search engine, your search engine is aware of a lot of this stuff and that you as a, as an individual in this case are very attractive to BMW and BMW might want to pay £15 or, or or some relatively high sum to get an advert in front of that person Who is live looking for a car at this this exact moment so the algorithms are basically serving up an ad but they're having to do all of this in a fraction of a second between you clicking search on whatever it is that you're looking for that then needs to have a conversation with the um, the BMW side servers and say you know this is the information of the person Um, you know uh, do you do you want to bid for this you know at 15 pounds put an advert in front of this person. And then serve up the appropriate advert and get it back to that person and all of this has to be done in a fraction of a second because the person has click search and they're waiting for their results to appear so um, AI, a, a basic form of AI is currently doing that job and it is it is functionality that humans couldn't do so what we are going to increasingly see is AI moving into roles that we didn't know that we needed them for because it was something that we were never able to do before um but with ai we're going to be able to build that in so it's it's difficult to give examples of this kind of thing because i I literally don't know what they're going to be but what i'm telling you is that we are going to find that ai is going to start to to permeate um basically everything at the moment everybody thinks of ai in terms of replacing replacing basically human they they kind of think of it as um oh um you know their 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 autistic cousin like um you know Tom Cruise with with Rainman, Rainman, Dustin Hofton, You know, you, you need to give him a lot of care and attention and point him in the right direction. But occasionally, he's brilliant. But you know, that that's how we're kind of thinking of AI at the moment. is it's, it's clever but needs managing. What we're going to increasingly find is he's going to solve problems for us. Now, I'll give you a great example of this. At the weekend, I was talking to talking to an accountant, and I was saying, you know, have you started to incorporate AI? Now, it's very interesting. the the immediate reaction that this accountant gave me. He said, well um you know if we did have AI um it would need to interact with our uh the 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 software program we use because that's how we that's how we do accountancy in firm we 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 go through the software program and I was like yeah but do you know what you're doing what you're doing is you are you are basically treating the AI as um just another person you're, you're sort of imagining it, it is a direct one-for-one relationship with somebody that you, you might hire and you have, to take them, uh, you have to take them through this. No, actually with AI, it doesn't work like that. You, you would just give it access to your underlying data set, and then you would ask it to solve problems for you. So you wouldn't need to interact with your software accountancy process in the first place. And, and I sort of warmed to my theme and I was going through this, and I was saying, look, why do firms even have accountancy departments in the first place? It's, I mean, it's fundamentally because I mean, this was an engineering firm in question. It's fundamentally because you know an engineering firm has engineers who do the engineering stuff, who who will take the raw materials and the circuit boards and whatever else they get in, and configure them in a way. It's it's just working with that as as a means of material. But but money is is also a material that needs to be managed throughout the firm. And rather than getting engineers to do that, you get accountants to do that, and it provides a function um, that that keeps the rest of the business running. And essentially, the accountancy function should be um, how do I make most effective use of this resource, which is the money within the business, um, how do I save as much cost as I can, how do I um, generate the, the best sales that I can, how do I manage the flow of the money through? That's effectively what the, what the accountants are doing. And I think a lot of people in these sort of established positions, they, they have found a way to deliver the function in a way that is humanly possible. You know working with large amounts of data and trying to get it produced with a fairly minimal number of people. and that typically results in you know going through the the the, the software packages. But actually, really what it's about is it, it is about drawing insights and, and managing these flows. And the software package that you're using is merely a mechanism to try and serve that up in a way that's intelligible to you and the and, and your underlying people. AI will just cut all of that middleware section of the process out and you will be able to go straight from raw underlying data to creative insights and actionable outputs that you can draw from that underlying data and managing the flows throughout it. So I think, I think a big part of it is that we just don't really know how to use it yet. And as soon as we do figure out what we can use it for it will unlock a huge amount of um, additional GDP per head effectively. This is going to be similar to you know in in the first days of the internet I remember people were thinking oh well it's just going to be basically a digital version of the yellow pages or it's just going to be a digital version of letters with emails. It actually ended up getting integrated into everything and a whole series of um, jobs and industries started to come into existence that that didn't exist back then, or at least reimagine industries. And I think that whole process is going to be uh, here at the moment. I would urge you all to start um, using AI in your daily life. You know, g- go and use ChatGBT or w- whichever sort of software package that you're that you're happy to use, um, and and just get used to interacting with it. So, so I mean, here's here's a really easy way to start using it. So, so one of the first things I started doing with it was i would say to it okay ask me ask me seven questions and on the basis of this recommend to me seven movies um or you know or, or seven tv series that are on netflix or you know recommend a book to me or um recommend a um um a, an economic thinker that i might not have heard of i mean all this all this kind of stuff so you can use it as a, as a, as a nice, that's a nice easy way of, of sort of getting into it and it being useful um but actually um you know, the, the way that I use it now is is much often of basically telling it um the, sort of the end point that I want to get to, so I'll say something you know to it like you know i I'm, I'm thinking about this issue um i've I've considered these angles um make interesting points about them um bring up other thinkers that i uh, that I haven't considered, or I do it things like um you know on, on a daily basis now i I've been thinking about something and rather than trying to search and find an article that relates to the thing that i'm that i'm thinking about i will just tell it to produce the article i will so i mean um you know one of the themes i wanted to touch on later was um robotification in in japan so i basically just said okay um produce me an article on um the rise of robotification in in japan um bring in um how it's being used in um the care industry compare it from now um to um, Ten years ago, and also compared to where we think it's going to be in twenty four. So all this kind of stuff, and and I got it to um, give me something which was an excellent starting point. And I connected it to the internet and do all of these things. But but actually, I use it in in a whole bunch of different ways. So you know uh, you know a, a previous previous weekend, I was having trouble getting the um, uh, the water chemistry in my pool right. So so basically, I just um, took um, uh, the AI along the process with me, and I said, okay, you know what kind of things should I be looking at? Um taught me through it and I fed back you know what I was finding and we kind of problem solved it together you know it's it's that kind of process that I think is 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 going to be becoming um increasingly clear um to people that actually the way that we think we use it is is going to is not actually the way that it that it offers its most benefit. Because at the moment we're so focused on search, we tend to just ask questions and expect it it's, we're, we're treating it like Google at the moment. And actually, I think it is it is much more about solving the underlying problem. So, so uh, AI, I, th- I think, is fantastic. And I, I have to keep touching on this as we go through this. Um, robotics is also the other thing that um, um, I, I, I think is incredibly interesting, going to be truly fundamental for things that are going to change next. I think that very car um that sorry, very very soon cars will be robots effectively um you know they, they, they'd just be they would just be a, an a i driven robot that that drives and actually i think you want that i think i think you probably think at the moment that you know you enjoy um the independence and the freedom um you enjoy driving i think seriously once we 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 get over the line on this one. Um, you won't want to go back the other way, and, and the reason I'm thinking that is because um, you know five in, in the UK, five people a day are, are, are killed in um, traffic accidents. Eighty-four people are seriously injured every day. And honestly, as a father, the thing that I worry about the most is you know my children not looking before they cross the road or or, or some other thing happening, um, and then them just getting you know taken out. It's it's something that I've seen twice in my life. I've um, I've been walking along and I've seen um, uh, in both cases it was it was a it was a young girl um, who got um, who, 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 she presumably she didn't look properly before she crossed the road or it was it was, it was in a busy area and has uh, has been rather messily hit by a car and um, yeah it's it, it, it's it's genuinely unpleasant and as soon as you become a parent you know, it's, it's one of the things that you um, you end up worrying about quite a lot and I think when we're on the other side of this um, AI-fication, the robot of cars, it is something um, which we will look back on and say, you know, thank God that happened. Um, I mean, for all of those reasons, it, it will be a big cultural shift. But, but, you know, this is going to be a huge change for us because the biggest um, job classification for unskilled males around the world is is driver, and, and that is going to change. So, so, and, and this is one of a number of, of, of truly significant changes that are coming down the road. So, yeah, I mean, look, my main point is um, there is going to be a lot of replication. The robots won't, most of them will not look like humans. They look like cars and trucks, or they look like small boxes. Um, give you an example. Effectively, what I'm saying is form will follow function with a lot of the stuff. But give you an example, in in Amazon warehouses, um, they currently employ 500,000 um, robots, and and most of those look like um, you know they, they look like sm- sort of small boxes. And what they do is they sort of skim around the uh, the warehouse. They go under a, a, a sort of a, a shelf unit and they sort of rise up and they carry the shelf unit around and they're sort of constantly readjusting these warehouses or they're or they're doing picking or or they're something like that. And these 500,000 robots they do the job of two million humans. So Amazon would need to have a workforce two million higher than it currently has of, of these five hundred thousand robots uh, because these these robots are just so efficient they never sleep um and, and and they're fast and I've been looking at the numbers on this and what I'm seeing is that um the robotification of the advanced economies is increasing at an annualized rate of about thirty one percent at the moment so that is that is enormous we it is not going to be that long before you start to find that there are um at some point you'll hear that um, we've reached parity so there is there is one robot worker for every um human worker and then it will just start to multiply out that you know there'll be five robots for for, for every human worker i don't think that is um again necessarily the worst thing in the world i mean I'll, i'll explain why um as I mentioned earlier with the AI piece Japan has been starting to introduce I mean that they they are leading on this the robotification of of Japan is 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 the furthest ahead and they're starting to bring them into places like um you know nursing homes and Japan of course will need stuff like this because it has an aging population they have falling birth rates so they're just basically it's it's just not practical and and this is the case actually for a lot of Western countries it is not practical to provide the level of care to elders that you would like to so i think people again on this one they they often default to a sort of idealized notion and they will say something like well you know when i'm old i would rather be looked after by a human now of course you know that that would be ideal but really how many of us can actually afford to have you know 24 hour uh, twenty-four-seven human coverage when we get old and 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 i just think of my um you know my own poor old grandmother um um in in the last few years of her life she wanted to to remain in her own home quite understandable you know she she's lived there for whatever it was 50 60 years so she wanted to remain in her home um she had close family so um you know my aunt was checking on her twice a day to make sure that she was okay um so she was getting you know plenty of, of human care but um you know unfortunately one day um when my when my aunt had had, had left um she she uh, you know tripped and fell and couldn't get back up again and was in you know great great distress for you know many hours until you know the aunt came back again so you know when we start to think about you know uh, having um robot carers I, I don't think of it in terms of this is going to be a replacement for humans this is going to be um in in addition to it very few people can afford that 24 hour 7 care but um but it, it is perhaps feasible in the not too distant future that you could have a a sort of um an, an ai robot companion who at the very least um can 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 send an alert um it, when you get into sort of one of these sort of situations when you're old or, or perhaps it it is actually able to to, to render assistance you know straight away and what this will mean is that um, you know you will be able to remain in your home for longer, um, be less of a burden on your family. I mean, hopefully you still see them a lot, but you know um, they're, they're not going to feel obligated to be checking in on you all the time because they know you're going to be well. Um, and and realistically, the the um, the alternative to that is going to be the only other way that we could provide this level of care to the aging demographics that we had would be by importing a lot of. Low wage people from North Africa to work in to work in care homes. Now, I'm I'm sure a lot of those people that we bring in uh, to provide elder care, I'm I'm sure a lot of them are fantastic and good at their jobs. But also, there have been some absolute horror stories um, that I'm sure you're all aware of. So, you know, and and this is effectively why Japan is embracing it because they they recognise that you either need to go down the route of. Um, mass immigration which is the route that we've taken or you embrace automation and that and that is what they're doing um and it um, you know it appears to be working for me. and i think this is something that we should we should not reject um and, and actually i think I'd, I'd want it for myself i'd want it in my own advanced years to, to have that um um uh, to rely on and, and of course all of the other ways um but you know just come back to the driver issue where you can pull out human costs that will almost invariably happen and, and as we are about to see the mass loss of jobs in in driving industries um you know th- that is that that is going to be huge, hugely disruptive I don't think we're going to get rid of humans entirely but what you might well find is that instead of you know one human driving a truck for example um there will be a convoy of five trucks And there'll be one human sort of manager loader you know supervisor um, who will be going along with it who will be you know dealing with any issues but you know those five trucks will be pretty much running in 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 convoy second theme i wanted to talk uh, sorry third theme i wanted to talk about was um, energy broadly what i think is happening here is over the long term or the medium long term is that the marginal cost of energy is going to go to zero and that is because of a combination of it, you know um, lower cost energy sources um, and efficiency and, and, and also batterification um, especially when you combine this one with some sort of AI that efficiency factor is, is going to go up significantly and you can see this in the energy curve at the moment you can see that energy efficiency is sort of trending trending upwards over time and it shows no sign of, of, of slowing down and what do I mean by AI? I, I mean basically, um, you know, in in a home environment, this will be something like turning off things when you're not using them, when they're not needing, and and that will also extend also into the to the industrial world. Um, with home heating, we already kind of have something like this with um, with Hive or Nest or you know any of those systems. So you know, I, I bet like me, <coughs> in winter, you um, tend to just leave your heating on. All the time because it's 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 too complicated fiddling around you know turn, turning it up and down and all that all kind of stuff so you basically kind of tend to leave it at a at a sort of um, a consistent level and and even now we have um, uh, processes that can detect when you are home it can learn your patterns so it can supply heat only when it's actually needed so from your perspective the house is always heated you don't you don't perceive it being any different as being a sort of constantly heated home but actually what it's doing is it's it's noticing your pattern so you know let's say you 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 know you go to church for four hours every Sunday morning it notices that um and so as you leave it will basically let the heating um you know drop drop down a few level and then bring it back up to the level um just before you get home so again from your perspective um you know you've got that sort of consistent energy usage but actually there is a Sort of saving in the background now you start applying that to a whole bunch of um, domestic industrial and retail uses because we know that roughly 30 percent of all energy usage is is wastage. so if you can take that out um, that will be um, that would be a, a a a significant saving from it which you know when combined with some of these other things could be um, uh, significant for the cost of energy. So the I mean the other aspect of this is going to be batrification this this could be a this could be a huge win and that's mainly because our power generation processes are so utterly regular at the moment if you've ever looked at a chart of, of, of sort of energy uses through the day you get this sort of big spike during the day and you know the evening and then it sort of drops off significantly at night and power stations uh you know somewhat oversimplified, but they, they don't they don't like that they like to maintain a sort of consistent standard it is, it is a right pain to be. know moving the level up and down Um, if we can increase batrification so that um, homes have more of these it, it basically just levels out the um the energy usage so you can absorb energy when um not much of it's being used and released it when it is the the issue that we have with that and the pushback we always get from it is is rare earth metals there's a there's an insufficient supply on these that is something that tesla have addressed if you're really interested in getting into the depth of it in their battery day basically there is there is a move away from rare earth metals to things more like lead-based batteries um those are not used so much at the moment because basically they have much slower power speed draws from them so they're not ideals for cars because you want that sudden burst of acceleration you want to get the energy out quickly but for many other say domestic industrial uses the you know the the speed at which you draw the energy off is doesn't need to be as high and therefore you can use cheaper alternatives and the reliance on the rare earth metals go down and the ability to do this um and the other thing on on energy i I think the thing we're going to be forced to confront is is nuclear nuclear is such an obvious win but for some reason boomer politicians absolutely hate this option um it's it's significantly significantly cheaper it's, it's got a much better safety profile. Fewer people die from, from nuclear energy than from um, solar every year because people fall off houses. So uh, you know nuclear has to become a thing. The problem that we've got is that green energy has become basically a religion in the West. So you, you what you've got is you've got politicians who are doing stupid things to try and force this change rather than letting it, um, be a function of the free market and pricing signals to work. So this is, this is why I'm sometimes reticent to talk about this subject and sort of sound enthusiastic about it because somebody's always going to come along and say, oh, you know, you're being a, you're being a hippie Dan, what are you, what are you up to? It, it, it's, it's not that. There is a genuine um, um, energy technology revolution taking place and if we could just get the nonsense politics out of it and let it be a, a, a function of the pricing mechanism, that would be entirely sensible but because we've got this sort of religious angle to it that's why you see um, solar panels dottering roofs in you know northern Germany where it's cloudy as opposed to going on the top of factories in southern Italy um, where where the calculation should be a a simple return on investment calculation should be okay I've got this much square roof footage it cost me this much to get solar panels put on um it produces energy at exactly the time of day that i need it because i'm an industrial process that that operates during the day um how much of a, of a saving does that give me how quickly does it does it pay off the investment and and, and start generating a positive return for me you know that's a, that's the sort of process that this should be using increasingly i think it is going to have to come back to that but the but the the broader point is uh, for a combination of the the renewables, which, like I say, I'm not I'm not completely against, as long as they're driven by pricing signals rather than ideology, and nuclear, which has to come back together with advances that are being made in batteryification, you can see a situation where.